Welcome to the Mass Youth Soccer Grassroots Podcast. My name is Rob Holiday, and I'm here with Ian Mulliner. Welcome, everybody, and we are looking forward to kicking off our series of podcasts prior to the spring season to help you guys have a better experience during the spring season. Thank you, Ian. Uh, so Mass Youth Soccer has 283 member organizations. Uh, we have over 150,000 players and 26,000 registered adults. Uh, the large majority of these adults are volunteer coaches. So our goal is to help you volunteer coaches and any organizations that are working with volunteer coaches to improve the game. So Ian, what is the role of the technical department for Mass Youth Soccer uh, in dealing with our member organizations, players, coaches, and administrators? Well, that's a good question. So our primary role is to help our member coaches develop in order for them to create safe, inclusive, and enjoyable environments for their players so that the players themselves have a much better soccer experience. Our secondary role is to, is to provide coach education to enhance every coach's development and obviously increase their soccer knowledge and introduce them to the six tasks of a coach based on the coaching education format. Great stuff. Uh, so we have to start somewhere and we thought the, the best topic for our first podcast would be where do I start? Uh, if I am a brand new coach uh, with a volunteer or I've been voluntold because nobody else will pick up the team, I've received an email from my organization saying, congratulations, you have been assigned the coach. Where do I start? Well, again, that's another great question. So if we can take it from the moment that we've uh, been introduced to the team and we're at the very first practice, uh, that then we could just say, well, the easiest thing to do is begin with a game. But if we're going to start off prior to that when we've just been assigned, then the, the, the most important thing is to make yourself known to the rest of the team by introductory email, uh, see if you can get some kind of meeting set up prior to your first practice or at your first practice to introduce yourself and just find out what the needs of your players and what the parents of those players are looking for from the experience. Excellent. Uh, now, in Massachusetts, there are requirements that we have to complete prior to any adult stepping on the field. Uh, they must have an adult registration, which includes their background check, uh, sorry, Corrie, and a national background check if they've moved from out of state. They also need to be safe sport trained and complete their CDC concussion training. So this whole process might take two, two and a half hours uh, before we've even stepped onto the field. Uh, US soccer also has uh, an introduction to coaching course uh, online, which is free. We strongly recommend it as a state organization that anybody just stepping into a coaching role uh, would take this course. So can you explain a little bit about that course for us, please, Ian? Well, that's a really good heads up that uh, for anybody that is completely new to the game, the introduction to soccer will give you an idea of the structure of the game, what, what all is involved in terms of the characteristics such as directional, use of feet, laws of the game, etc. Uh, but it's a very worthwhile 20 to 25 minutes of your time, especially if you are new to soccer and, or soccer is not part of your background. What, what the course will do is it will help you understand the structure of the game of soccer 
you know the fact that there are moments of when your team's going to have the ball when your team doesn't have the ball the times in between both of those and then the characteristics of the game such as it being directional used with feet and we have actually some laws of the game that we need to adhere to and abide by so it's time, definitely time well spent it's actually a, it's a great piece of advice so that can be found uh, at the US Soccer Learning Center we'll share links uh, to all available resources uh, on this podcast page uh, in addition to the intro to coaching course many organizations are going to host a preseason coaches meeting so what's the value of those meetings to the new coach well the first thing i'd say is do what you can to make sure you can attend that meeting because it's a great place to start your networking within your community and certainly the coaching community at that meeting you'll probably hear about ideas to of emails you can send to the team to introduce yourself and set up the meeting that we spoke about earlier Definitely you'll have an opportunity to collect your equipment and the uniforms for the players and maybe even a bit of coaching kit such as cones, scrimmage vests and soccer balls. So, uh, And maybe it's an opportunity to uh, find an assistant through the parent meeting that you set up. Very, very important that we recruit some assistants. And uh, another opportunity to, to be able to do that would be at the first practice. Uh, so we've done all of the pre-requirements to step onto the field. We've attended our um, town or club soccer association pre-season meeting. Um, so how how do I prepare for that first practice? Well, I mean, the important piece there is that you do actually put some thought into it and you do prepare. Uh, ideally, the first thing you need to know is what are the players capable of? What do they understand about the game of soccer? And to that end, the best thing to do is just to get the group of players that you have, divide them into two equal teams, get them on the field and get them playing. And just then, then just step back and observe. So how am I going to know who the better players are? Well, that will become immediately apparent. What you'll find is that there are those children that are more willing to engage with the ball Usually those that are more willing to engage with the ball are going to bring a little bit more to the table in terms of their ability, probably able to manipulate the ball a bit better than most others in the group. What you're also going to identify is the other end of the spectrum where maybe children, you've got some players who are not interested in engaging with the ball. And again, it's just a case of stepping back and saying, OK, so why is that happening? How can I get that child to engage? Any tips that you'd have for... That first practice where kids are very nervous, um, not necessarily willing to engage or, or join in, what can we do to help them feel a bit more comfortable? Well, for, for me, the the number one thing there is always bring be bring a bit of fun and bring bring a bit of humour to it. So, you know, maybe it's a, a just a completely different game altogether, even than just playing soccer. You know, maybe it's a game of fishy, fishy, cross my ocean if you're dealing with some very young children. Maybe it's just asking them, getting to know them a little bit about what happened in school today, what went on with your day. Uh, be careful of some of the answers, though. But, yeah, def- <laughs> definitely getting to know the players individually is uh, is a great first step to break that ice. Excellent. And this is something that uh, many people who've seen you at coaches' clinics and so on, uh, I've seen you do very well Uh and I think it's very important for coaches to recognize that time on task is is one of the most important things. But if you're meeting these players for the first time, you're not going to get another chance for a first impression. Mm-hmm. So developing that relationship from the go 
is yep. going to take a little time. So it's okay to take 10, 15 minutes before you get the ball out and get them into a game. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure I would take 10 or 15 minutes with some of these age groups, but <laughs> your, your advice is very sage and, and well taken. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, certainly the starting point for everything is getting to know the children's names. That's first and foremost. I'm not saying that you're going to remember all of the names by the end of maybe the first practice, but you, they certainly need to know that you want to know at least that about them to show that you have an ability to care for them, which is the number one thing that they're after out of the coach. Do, does this person care about me? And if that's the case, then we can start to get some buy-in and get the re develop the relationship. Excellent. So um, my kids are playing at the first session. They're practicing. There's some goals being scored. There's some, some players standing off at the sideline, not necessarily engaged. Um, the session wraps up. This is a really good opportunity for me to get some face time with the parents. So how would you run your parent meeting uh, if you did it at the first practice? Starting point is always to thank them for the time, welcome them. Maybe if you can, put a time limit on the amount of time you're going to spend with them. If you can do that ahead of time, that's much better. Uh, but, it, you know, say, look, it's going to be 15, 20 minutes and make sure you, you stick to that 15, 20 minutes because like everybody else anymore, we've all got other things that we need to be doing. But then it's a case of engaging them. What do they want out of the experience for their child? I mean, we have some ideas of what they want, but it's... Uh, much better way of going about it is getting their needs as opposed to just delivering this is this is my team this is how we're going to do things and everybody needs to be doing this that or the other find out what they want first and then build up build the conversations from there absolutely and we hope that uh the answers we get from the parents are going to be similar to the massive so uh, soccer culture that we're trying to create safe enjoyable environments uh that players feel included yeah, absolutely. That's that's key to everything. The inclusion piece. It's not just inclusion for every child at every practice. It's it's making sure that the parents are engaged and involved, so that you maybe are heading off some potential issues down the road uh, that some of us are all too familiar with. But uh, it's I, I, I don't think that's the path to go down. Really, I think it's just a case of including them, so you get them on board and they have an understanding of what everybody's trying to do. Great stuff. So we've had our first practice. We're ready for the game. We show up on a Saturday morning. Uh, what do I need to do prior to that game to prepare? First off, like every single coach who has ever coached youth ever, no sleepovers before the game. <laughs> uh, good luck with that one. Um, but other than that, I would say you definitely need to have an idea of who is going to be attending, who isn't. Make sure the information's gone out about the game time, maybe even something about the weather, if it's going to be to one extreme or the other. So it's either warmer clothing or bring more water, that type of thing. But the, the preparation aspect prior to the game is key. And then, you know, once you've got all that in place and you get to game day, then it's a case of informing the players and keeping them engaged, whether they're on the field or not, as to, you know, what you'd like to see out of them or what can... What can they bring to the table based on their responses to you? So definitely the preparation aspect first, but then it's the engagement piece and the inclusiveness and the and enjoyment will follow if you follow that plan, I've no doubt. So what should I do about lineups and tactics if I'm not sure where to start? Well, if you're not sure where to start, the first place to go is ask the players. Uh, the, the, the issue that you're probably going to face is you're going to get 
four attackers, seven attackers, <laughs> nine attackers, and nobody wants to go in goals. Should uh, should the age group need uh, or require a goalkeeper to be in play? Uh, but I would definitely start by asking, and then it might be a little bit of uh, coaxing and cajoling players to play in different positions with the promise that you'll get them into their preferred position at some point during that game. And what's uh, your recommendation on playing different positions? That's always uh, something that, uh, as a new coach coming into a program, I'm told this kid's a great striker, he scores goals, or this kid's really fast, play them on defense. Um, How do we handle positional rotation? Uh, That that question comes up time after time at coach education courses. Um, I'll I'll give you my spin on it. I'm not a big fan of having every player play every position. Uh, The reason for that is that Certain players come with different traits and different wants, different needs. Uh, understanding that the ability to be a good striker means being able to play with your back to goal and that type of issue. Maybe it's some agreed upon behaviours prior to them going on the field. Okay, I'm going to put you in as a striker. What does that mean? Uh, I definitely wouldn't put the pressure of scoring goals onto a child, but maybe saying, okay, so I'm going to put you on the field as a striker for 10 minutes how many shots can we expect you to take within that 10 minutes providing that you're in possession of the ball during that 10 minutes <laughs> but you know asking them what they think they can do for you and then having an assessment piece to to talk with them about after when they come back off the field i think that's important very very important so every everything you've said so far it always goes back to the players why is that so important because we firmly believe that the game is about the player and creating a player-centered environment is the key to success for every single coach. It's just that simple. I love it. So now I've finished my first game. Um, I've got a little bit of an understanding, maybe some knowledge, a dangerous place to be. (laughs) But Uh, for everybody, yeah. What's next? Well, I mean, what did you do with the game would be the question. You know, as as you as you're stood on the sideline, what's your role on game day as a coach? Uh, if we if we watch and observe other sports, we may think that the coach has to have a more active role than maybe we'd like them to have with youth players. For us, what we'd like to promote and what we try to promote through our coaching education courses is the game is the exam after the practice at the end of the week. So in that exam it's our time to step back make some observations what are they capable of what are they not capable of which area of the field did we spend the most time in you know why were we were we successful at moving the ball forward why were we not successful at moving the ball forward so I'd, i definitely think it's 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 time for us to start to cut what we like to term as collecting data so collect some data on where we spent most of our time on the field and maybe some notes as to why that happened. We were not very good at keeping the ball because. We were very good at keeping the ball in our own half, but we were not so good at keeping it in the opponent's half. So that that's how I'd, do, I'd, I'd look at it. Look at it in terms of which half did we spend most time in and why? what, what were the reasons that that happened. Great stuff. If I'm a, a coach and I'm a little overwhelmed... What would be the one thing that you want the players to come away with from a practice or game? If I'm brand new, I've got no idea. What should that coach really focus on? Well, the best thing you can ever ever hear from a from your group at the end of uh, practice is, is it over? 
If you can create that environment where you've made it so such fun and so enjoyable that they can't believe that it's over, then you've you've definitely overachieved for that session on that day. But so it's it's certainly you know a phrase that comes to mind is the first rule for children is to make them happy, and I, I would I've definitely tried to live by that credo myself, and I would encourage every other coach to do so. So making it fun and making it enjoyable and what making them want to come back for the next time great stuff and hopefully you've learned a little bit from your first practices and games that you're going to be able to work on some different ideas uh, throughout the season but where else what other resources are available to me as a coach uh, that I can utilize to help me plan practices and uh, different ideas for games well of course we've got our own Massachusetts youth soccer website where we've created so many training session plans throughout the years we we i'm sure we've got something that would cover your team's needs or your players needs uh based on your observations of what you you've seen in the games and maybe even from some practice sessions so that would be a great starting point would be our website uh certainly other resources again from within our website that some of our partnerships that we've been able to create as the as the member organization lead so resources through online offline but you know certainly our, our website would be the number one go-to for me because it's what i hear whenever i travel around the country so uh take advantage of it while you're here thank you uh, so let's go down our checklist we start off we've been told that we are the coach of a team and we're going to email our team uh, introduce ourselves. we then have to make sure we've completed our adult registration including the background check, safe sport, CDC concussion training. And then we strongly recommend that you take a look at the intro to coaching course, uh, particularly if it's your first time uh, coaching a youth soccer team. We then attend our organization's pre-season meeting. Hopefully by this time we've recruited uh, an assistant or two, uh, but that meeting's also going to allow you to meet the key people uh, to speak to whether you're looking for help advice or you have concerns we then host our first practice we're really focusing on just seeing what the kids can do we might host our parent meeting at that first practice as well while we have a captive audience we then move on to our first game so we've got our preparation maybe we track some data uh, we take some notes and then potentially we're looking at other resources. So as Ian mentioned, it's the Mass Youth Soccer website. We can potentially look at some coach education courses, which coincidentally will be the topic of our next podcast. Um, anything else that we need to take into consideration, Ian? Well, there's a lot of things to take into consideration. Uh, not that we can cover everything in this uh, first attempt here. What I would say is if you guys have got any ideas on items or discussion points that you'd like us to cover, please don't hesitate to get in touch and we will do what our, do our best to put a podcast together to service your needs. Other than that, let the players play, coach. Have the best day ever. Mm-hmm.